Joining us back here at the Mental Health Bar, I'm joined this week with um, wonderful guest Samantha Davidge. Uh, Samantha is an old friend of mine from school, from sixth form back in the England. But now you live in Sweden, Samantha, and uh, we're really, really lucky to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. It is good to be here. And I've um, asked, Samantha's got a very uh, unique perspective uh, compared with my own. Uh, Samantha uh, has spent a lot of time uh, as a missionary in the church and now as a theologian, theologian. Why do I have to say that weird? Um, you say it properly. Theologian. 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 <laughs> theologian, that's it. Theologian. But, learning. Uh, you're learning. And um, I've brought Samantha on today and we're going to talk about um, how religion can help mental health what what it what it can have mental health it's a it's a very unique aspect because i uh, i think i spoke to you just before this samantha about how i had made jokes about religion and religion can be a negative force and i've made i've focused a lot on that what what would you say how could it be a positive force that's what i brought you on today to talk about mm. so what would you say Lovely. how can it be a positive force for our mental health i think um it's, that's an interesting, it's very, obviously it's very subjective um, yes, of how religion can be because it depends on every, per, every person's individual situation and definitely some people, as you say, have had a negative experience, but then some people, um, it's some, it becomes very positive and yeah. definitely yeah. for myself um, and my life, even from very early on, it's something that, that I I kind of ran to it's something that I needed um, and became my coping um, part of my story of coping um, <laughs> and yeah so that so that it helps people cope um, and can give people um, and something to I don't know I would just say it's a tool it can give people tools to yeah. to go throughout their day like whereas um, I would use myself, I would use my faith, but also counseling and also the psychology books and things like that. I put them, I use them together. I don't yeah. use one or, but um, yeah, other people would use um, maybe their ways of, uh, they would rather go to church than maybe go to a counselor and they might get exactly what they need there, which is kind of interesting. I need both because I'm just so screwed up. So. <laughs> so screwed up. I don't think that's true. But I don't think that's a <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing to have multiple um, yeah. aspects to it. So uh, I, I, we should talk a bit about you first before we get into this a bit more. Um, do you want to do you want to tell about your journey? You, obviously, I know you from school. When uh, my my memory of you is you playing songs on a guitar in front of everyone. And obviously, you've been a singer and missionary and all of these things. So uh, tell us about yourself a bit, Samantha. Yes, I'll do my best to do a short and sweet version. Um, but yes, I grew up in a normal, I mean, normal, I grew up in a non-Christian home, but I had my, my dad's parents were Christian. So they I had that from my grandparents. So it wasn't um, something that I was used to going to church every week or things like that. Um, as growing up, my parents got divorced when I was four. And then my, um, my mum and my stepdad, 
got divorced when I was 13 or 12 even. Um, and for me, we'd also moved country. So I, I lived in Canada at that point from Germany, but I'm British, so do that math. Um, so there's been a lot of happenings in my life up until that point. And then when I was 12, it was actually my dad who came to visit us. And he visited us from England. Um, and he had experienced uh, God in his life in a big way because he had his back healed, like miraculously healed, um, oh, wow. which is really cool. He has a really good story about that. Um, and anyway, he came and he told us all about God um, and Jesus, who I kind of knew. I had like the childlike faith. I used to pray every single night. Um, but I, one of my favorite memories is me praying like, and Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for, for no, not bless everybody in the whole wide world except for this person. So there's always <laughs> one person. <laughs> I didn't like him. Um, but so I'm really sad. Poor, poor dude, I don't know how he's living today. But that was before. Um, anyway, my dad came and he, he, um, he showed us loads of videos. And one of the videos that we saw, this was a VHS, um, was called The Jesus Film. And at the end of The Jesus Film, it, give, it asks you, do you want to, to like live your life for Jesus? And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I, I prayed a prayer. <laughs> but... Right. That didn't automatically make me like know everything or but what I had to do then was I, I started going to a youth group and going to a church that kind of took me in where they became like my family because at home um, things you know my mum worked all the time she was full time and and wasn't really there a lot and various other things that happened so I so for me going to church and what I received through the people there, but also through my own journey and reading and praying was was like a home. I felt like I got the home that I was missing. Yeah. Um, and that was how I coped as a teenager and then came to England and more of the same and, and just found this is my community. Mm. Um, whereas people might find their community in, in other things, I found it in the church and um, thankfully, you know, they didn't, there was no drugs or anything there, you know, <laughs> like, so it was kind of a nice community to be. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was in when I met you, you know, I, I did like the, 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 it's more of my life, you know, rather than just something I did at the weekends. And, um, and that became my life. I started, I became a missionary when I was like 25, 26, 20, I think I was 20, actually 27, doesn't matter. Um, and ended up into like 37 different countries. Uh, um, I've sung a lot of my um, life. I've been a singer and led worship in churches. Um, yeah, I've had some fun in, in experiences. I would, some would say supernatural as well, yeah. which, you know, are interesting. And, and now I'm living in Sweden, married to a Bible scholar for nearly two years now. Okay. Um, I have two stepped sons and I'm a, on my third year studying theology myself. So it's like I, I did it the other way around. Instead of learning all, all, you know, the mind and the study first and then going out, I, I did it first. And now I'm like putting 
it together, piecing yeah. my experiences together in the theory. So, well, that's probably that's a better way around of doing it, isn't it? That way, because yeah. you've got the if you've got your own experience of it, it stops you from when you learn something and then go and experience it. You probably try to fit the experiences into the learning, whereas now you can take the learning and apply it to different parts of your experience. Probably a better way exactly. around. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And when you when you study full time as a 39 year old, you know, I mean, I get full marks. I'm great. <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I know. I thought no, no, I mean, I was all right. I just didn't yeah. know. I didn't know I was smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that I, do, I always think that we do it the wrong way around with schools. I think you should go to school later. Enjoy your childhood and then go to school later. I, I think that I think you should at least get to a point where you can appreciate the education rather than having it. Learn the basics, yeah. go away a bit, then come back. Because I just, Agreed. like, we were talking about this before, weren't we? We'd go back and there's so many things you'd say. Like, yeah. just exercise a bit. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Go back. Sugar, you know, you know. sugar is not good. Like, how, I mean, how many times does someone say, don't eat sugar? And you're like, ha, 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 ha. And then one, one day in your 30s, you're like, I really shouldn't eat sugar. It's really, really not good for me. Why didn't any wait? They did tell me. <laughs> oh, wait. They told me over and over again. Yeah. I understand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, getting back to it. So uh, you've, had a re you've had a recent, um, so we talked about singing. And uh, another reason I wanted to bring you on was uh, yes. uh, not, not just about the, obviously, the, the religion. We'll talk about that. But you're a singer and you recently had uh, surgery on your throat, which has led mm -hmm. to... Um, uh, a, a stalling of your career uh, hopefully not a permanent one um would you want to if you i i could describe it you just can you describe it you tell me because obviously at the moment our listeners and our viewers will be able to tell that your voice go you yeah do you want to describe what happened sure um yes i had to get my thyroid removed um and that this happened in december and obviously when when you do that they give you they give you all like the what's the word these are the dangers, but yeah. they're really, really small. Excuse me. And um, one is that they could hit your vocal cords, and um, and I, they just like, it's gonna be fine. We've we've operated on opera singers before, and and they've been great. So I'm just like, okay, great. Um, and yeah, I ended up having my thyroid removed, and the next day, I had actually looked at my journal online because you know here in sweden you could they write all their notes down from the operation and everything and you have access to it straight away oh, wow. and i i mean i read that like it's my my daily reading i love going in and because in looking i'm just so nosy and um and i read like potential vocal cord damage on the left vocal cord and i was like uh and i messaged my husband and I was like, I hope this means potential and not actual. But the next day, the doctor came in and he said he was like super sad and I think relieved to know that I'd already found out myself. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up having to um, to say, there, there, poor doctor. I'm sorry that you didn't do a perfect job. You know, he was he felt like he wanted to quit when he told me that he had failed. You know, mm. um, so anyway, I got to um, and nerve damage to my left vocal cord. Um, and there's potential that it's permanent. Um, 
so he thinks it is um and you know for a singer who's been doing that literally all my life like mm. has been about singing um uh it's, it's been hard to to really kind of process and it's still i'm still processing it yeah you're still so how are you feeling about it right now don't mind me asking um depends on the day um but i mean for example last weekend um a friend had messaged me saying hey can you come and lead worship at our church um in august for our, our church weekend it would have been a whole weekend and and just for me it was that put me into a little bit of a spiral for like a day <laughs> because okay and now i have to tell somebody again this is what happened and it's really sad um, and especially when your identity has been involved around what you've been doing a lot, even though I've always said my identity isn't in that, like, I'm okay if I don't have it, but now I have to like live that. Okay. I'm, am I okay if I don't have it? So, um, so yeah, right now I'm just, I just have to accept it and just say, okay, this is how it is. And I have to be okay with it you know it's not like I can dwell on it but I am aware that I do need to grieve what I have lost um just for my mental health um which is hard for me because I don't like to to live in pain I don't like to have you know I don't like to be sad I just want to be happy all the time <laughs> yeah you know well, wouldn't you <laughs> uh, well yeah I think we all I think that's our, our, our ideal uh state of living is in, in permanent happiness but you, as you say you do need to if, if it, it with it you've needed to grieve yeah. what's the process that you're going with that are you we'll come back to religion is religion helping or have you got your own way of doing this oh this is interesting yes. um i had because i'm what i'm studying right now we actually just studied um religion uh human kind of really <laughs> so how it's like i don't know the english one but um religion psychology and how people are uh, how humans are so i just literally studied that and we had to do an interview with people who um have dealt with crisis and yeah. i interviewed a lady whose 13 year old daughter had had a skiing accident and died literally two years ago um and this lady was she's a lovely lovely lady and um without going to too many details what i noticed was that her way of coping with that was to just she just allowed herself to be enveloped by the church by the family and say like i need you and she went to meetings when you could obviously this is pre-covid um she went to meetings she she got herself there she's she's a worship leader too so she was leading worship um and and for her that was that was she kind of went to god and she was like god i need you um which isn't it and for me i explained to you before that i had um gone through many divorces as a kid you know i i there was a more i there's been three um growing up so it's like i had this um i had uh an on uh oh what's the psychological word but but my growing up was was not as secure it's um, like an insecure I, I was unattached kind of thing 
So, so for me, what I automatically want to do now is to run away from God. You know, I'm just like, you know, this was not fair. Um, how can I shut you out? Like, I, I, I don't deny that God is there because God is such a part of my life and in my faith and yeah. I've experienced God so much. But what I tend to do is I try and just ignore God um, and be like, you know, I play Mario Kart on my phone or, you know, yeah. I try and watch too much Netflix. So, I mean, that's the other bad coping mechanisms that I, you can do. Sometimes yeah. it's good, sometimes not so good. But, but at the same time, I, I know that I need, like, I need more too. So instead of going to God, what I will do is I will let God come to me through other people. Um, and they can be the ones to, to kind of keep me, you know, stood up right, you know. I mean, I think that's just an interesting thing about personality and how people have grown up. This lady who I was talking to and I interviewed, she grew up in a very... Um, secure family mom and dad still together they loved each other like very family so I find that just really interesting yeah um, just the dynamics even though I've had my experience with God since I was 12 and I essentially what I did when I was 12 is I went to God but then now uh, I'm kind of doing the opposite but I'm not I'm not going I I'm still surrounded um and that has a lot to do with my my experience and and what i what i know and my faith in that respect of who god is um that i can't yeah but i can still have questions yeah. my husband he has this saying about like worshiping god in his presence and in his absence so it's, and it's it's the absence that we don't tend to talk about because we can experience his absence um even though we know that god kind of always is there because he's god yeah. but but we can experience the absence and that's legit and that's what the israelites also experienced you can see read it in the psalms like where are you 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 have um rejected me you have abandoned me you can read that and then and they sing that out to god so it's i think we don't do that enough today we don't uh, process those feelings to God enough and I think that that can be also a, a good way of coping yeah. when we have faith <laughs> see I, I think that's a great answer <laughs> I think yeah. that's a great answer I think that um, I think people put too much in the so when we when there's negative criticism of religion now i'm not I, I i'm not here to to be against or for it i'm just here to talk about it um but when yes. there's negative criticism it's always focused on the dogma and the people who are following ideas from well long ago when it were you know when it was like you know when it's anti anti-gay and anti uh, everything else that's all that stuff whereas what you're saying is religion is a can be just another coping mechanism much like therapy much like a, a, and, and it's just for you religion is a support network and god is another support like another pillar you've got the people in the community you've got the church itself because i i suspect that the where a, a church is a collection of people it is also its own support network you have people in associate you have people who come to the church and the people of the church and then god is a third pillar of that is that what you're saying is that correct way of visual as far as what you're saying is yeah 
No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, it, that's a, a good way of looking at it in, in, in that respect, yeah. Yeah, well, that, I'm just relating it back to the the mental health yeah. aspect of it, uh, and also I, I also I I'm very I'm very interested in and as many things as we can look at that help us through the day, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I have therapy and I have my own. I, I'm like one of these people that looks at um, thought leaders, you know, people that, uh, which I guess would be the same as your worship leaders, where they they give a, a, an idea to a group of people and they're like. Uh, one of them is a Simon Sinek, which was opportunities from surprises. That was his thing, and um, in, and that, like you say, in in but they've got Psalms, so you'd have Psalms, which would be your version of that, not your version, but you know the religious yeah. version, the ancient, yeah, more ancient. Yeah. But that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm talking about when I when I say that is that it's another support yeah. network that you can fall back on, and even in its absence, you know it's there. And how you yeah. so you, you've had this happen to you it's it, or, or it's all for any but you you haven't your um your religion is still there you're still strong it's, yeah it's still, still there even though i want to run uh, you know i want to run and hide <laughs> that would be the greatest coping strategy <laughs> that would be wrong <laughs> it would you know would. the fight and flight i mean i would be flight i would totally flee um, yeah everything in me wants to book a flight somewhere and to go travel or do something different but mm. but you know there's for me especially in my personality I need to learn how to sit in the pain and sit in the and just let myself cry um I'm so per like I'm a real positive person I told you yeah. before um and that is my superpower is that I can take any situation and reframe it and be like it's okay. You know, when I was little, I used to say, oh, my parents are divorced, but it's okay. I know if that never happened, I wouldn't have been able to live in England, Germany and Canada. Like this is a 10 year old saying this. <laughs> that is incredible. And, yeah. So as a 40 year old, you realize like, oh shoot, I should have, I, I should have been able to cry when i was little i should have been able to be mad or angry and and that's the thing i think especially when we talk about this mental health bar um is is you know you're in your 30s and you're like i need to finally do something about all the crap that has happened you know the last yeah. 20 years mm. um and for me you know I, I find it interesting because there are people who have lost their faith and they have gone another way. But I found that those are the people who have maybe put too much, um, too much expectations or faith in the people that are, you know, in the church or the pastors yeah. or the leaders. And then obviously they're not perfect and they will let you down. They might not live up to that expectation that you have of them. Um, but for me, I, I haven't really done that. I've definitely enjoyed being a part of, uh, yeah, a community. But I know that uh, people, my my upbringing has told me that people will let you down. So for me, God has been the one who hasn't let me down. But I still want to run away from him. But but yeah. Anyway, the point is, I'm in the process right now of of just like, okay, God, I know that you are you you are good. Um, you did not necessarily want this that or make this happen but it did and it sucks let's what are we going to do about it you know how can i you know can you help me today and then 
tomorrow I'll be like, can you help me tomorrow? Um, so yeah, I wish I had a better, more, more Christian, more like I did the right thing answer, but because I'm in this process, you get the real sound. No, that's, I think that's a very good way. I think that's the best way I've seen someone say about it. Because what you're saying is not have blind faith. That's not what you're saying, which a lot of people, uh, which I would have expected from you, as someone who's been a missionary, have blind faith. That's not what you're saying. And I, that's always been my thing with religion is having infinite faith in something that perhaps doesn't warrant it. Whereas what you're saying is you're, what you get from religion is what you expect from it, rather than putting an, a, an over-the-top expectation of it and not getting it back. So... It, 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 it's the same with therapy and I'm only comparing yeah. it because that's my experience. You get okay. what out of therapy, what you put into it, you know, you get. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. And I think that people with religion, it's another, it's another thing that people use. And, and when people use it in a negative way, you know, when they use it to oppress someone or oppress someone, they're again, putting a, an over the top expectation on it when it's all a personal journey and a personal agenda. Yeah see so you're as a as a, as a i was about to say super religious person but that's just because that's from my but as a, a more super religious super religious yeah. Yeah, super <laughs> jesus uh yeah no but as a religious person i would have expected you to come here and say uh put over it it, it is an overwhelmingly positive experience and where what you're saying is you you need to make sure that you are keeping your expectations realistic and that's what you get back that's great yeah yeah i mean i love jesus i'm just don't want to hang out with him super much right now but i will but, you know <laughs> like i know that that's there i just you know <laughs> well should i say, should i tell you something that um so i was talking to um someone who was in recovery as an alcoholic and mm. they said that um one of the hardest things to learn in their recovery so I'm not talking, I'm not relating alcoholism to religion. That's not what this, before you get worried. No, no. Uh, I just, I um, so what they said was that when they came out of, when they started uh, coming out of alcoholism, they, uh, was, they expected it to be all sunshines and rainbows. They expected to stop drinking and then a month later to just be happy. That's what uh, movies had said. Yeah. And they spoke oh, to their sponsor, <laughs> no. uh, but they'd spoken to their sponsor and they said, when do I have that revelation? Which is what I'd, I think is another expectation I think people would put on religion. Yeah. When do I have that? And they said, no, 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 you're, it, you're yeah. always going to feel bad. You're always yeah. going to feel bad. People feel bad. The, yeah. the, what you were doing with alcohol was numbing yourself. And now yeah. you have to feel everything. And that's what you're oh. saying with religion is... You can't, it, you can't use it to numb yourself. You use it to feel everything. So, Yeah, and you can do both. You can use it to numb yourself if you want to. I mean, people are yeah. amazing, you know. <laughs> you just can. You can. You, like, that's where you get the, you know, the, the overly religious person who never wants to feel anything and just goes, oh, it's the Ned Flanders. You yeah. know, you, it's, he's like totally that person who's numbing themselves and not feeling real like there's that one episode in the symptoms symptoms when he just bursts yeah, you know yeah. when he just gets really angry and it's like we need to do that sometimes we need to allow ourselves to burst and get angry 
even though we have a faith, even though we believe in God who can heal, who can, you know, who loves us. Because like you say, I mean, and I, I actually agree with you that likening the, the, the recovery, the seven step system, you know, of, for alcoholics, it's, it's very, um, it makes a lot of sense. And I see with, with the life of faith is that every day um, you're making choices and every day you are choosing to, to say no to this and say yes to this. Um, and I think that it's important to, to be real. And you, yeah, unfortunately, some people are fake, even in the, the religious yeah. people. Of, yeah, I mean, you've, you've met them. You've, I was that when I was younger because I was, you know, normal human being who was only super positive. And I mean, it's taken God and other people a long time to break that wall. And I think that in the terms of mental health, um, for me, it was God kind of coming in and showing me where God was in those moments where I felt abandoned, where I felt rejected. So it's allowing God to, to say, I was there, even though you didn't feel it, you know, I can, yeah, I was there. And that for me created a new groove in my brain to say, okay, I can make different choices next time when I have this feeling or when I feel triggered or that sort of thing. Um, so that, that has been also one, my one way of using religion to cope um, is, is by God um, coming into the hurt and the pain and kind of healing it from the inside out. But God does that. I still need to walk that out as the alcoholic. I still need to say to do the right things and to make the to show the choices and decisions. Yeah. But yeah. So I I think I it's very similar. It's very, I think it that is. Makes I think sense. I think you use it. You, people expect something like in in conversations I've had and in conversation like and like you say when you're younger you're a bit more of a zealot. That's the yeah. fourth thing. Yeah. So I'm I was I was obviously very anti-religion and coming from a massively Catholic household that was against a lot of stuff. And um, people, other people, we went to, for the people at home won't know that we went to a school, not like a crazy religious school, but like a, a religious school. And so I was very against it and you were obviously for it. But then as we get older, you realize it's, it's not really about religion. It's not really about anything. It's about what you make room for in your life and how you use, like, like you said earlier, it's just a tool. It's a tool you use yeah. to make your life better. And that's, and you choose that. Yeah, it can, it's a tool. For me, that tool is personified. So it's like, it's a person. Yeah. Um, but I can, like, as I'm talking to you, I'm giving you like the, the, the versions of, like the way to explain it, you know, how, yes. how people love, like can, who are, who turn to God, um, how they, use that to cope but i do believe there has to be everything like both and you know you you can't be either or you need the whole life has to you know has to be holistic in that respect too. yeah it has yeah. to mesh it has to mesh uh, right i'm yeah. very aware that uh, obviously the talking is 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 harder for you at the moment so we'll, we'll wrap up there because that was a very lovely discussion sam um samantha would you like to tell people where they can find you if they want to get in touch or if they want to hear so because i know that you have some music still that they could listen to of your yes. own yes yeah actually you could find my music on on youtube i have a little ep called arise um it's uh, samantha davidge music um if you just type that in i am on 
Instagram right now. I'm, I'm on a private one, but it will become, yeah. I'm on Instagram with the Sam Davidge. Um, and yeah, I have Facebook. Otherwise, just inquire. Um, so, but it's kind of interesting, my, my voice. It's like I've always joked about when people have colds, how they have a, the sexy voice. Yeah. So now I'm like, now I have that all the time. I don't know how how I feel about that. <laughs> you've got to release a jazz album. That's what you've got to do. <laughs> yes, I'm the Nuno Jones. <laughs> that's what you've got to do. It's got to get it in there. Uh, that, that's it. And for those listening at home uh, and uh, on the podcast, I will put your links, Sam, into the description that. of the podcast. And for everyone watching on YouTube, I'll put it below in the description of the show. So thank you very much for joining us, Samantha, and for taking the time to come and discuss what is a normally contentious subject in a very, very interesting way that I hadn't thought of before. So thank you very much. Thanks. And uh, we'll be back next week with more Mental Health Bar. Uh, Thank you again for watching and listening at home. Um, I've been Chris PG and this has been Samantha Davidge. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.